0: What's good? Welcome to Episode 2 of the MVP Podcast. Today is September 24th, 2020. I'd like to kick off today's show with a new segment I call MVP Talk. MVP Talk will be where I spotlight someone or something that I want to kick off the episode with. Today's subject of MVP Talk is Danny Avita. For those of you who don't know who Danny Avita is, he is a 19-year-old forward out of Israel in this n- upcoming NBA draft. He's 6'9", and plays for Maccabi Tel Aviv right now. I had the opportunity to see him play at the 2017 Maccabi Games when I was interning in Israel. He led the U18 Israeli team to a gold medal, beating the USA team. When me- whenever me and my roommate saw him play during the tournament, he was dominant. He was clearly the best player on the floor whenever you saw him. Um, I started making a list of guys who I thought were good and that we should start watching at all the games, and he was always at the top of the list. Um, After that, he went on to join Maccabi Tel Aviv after the Maccabi games and has played for them for two seasons. Um, On top of that, he helped the Israeli national team win the U18 gold medal in the Euro championships. He led them in scoring everything. He carried them in the finals. He was unbelievable. During his past two seasons on Maccabi Tel Aviv, he's only gotten better. In his first season, he really didn't play a lot. He played maybe 5 or 6 minutes a game. He only played in maybe 10 games. Didn't score that much, wasn't doing much, but uh, since in between this season, this last past season and the season before, he totally morphed his game. He's played in more games, has more minutes. He's one of their leaders. When they play in the Israeli league, um, he's he was just been a leader for them, especially when they play in the Israeli league. When it comes to Euroleague play, he doesn't get as many minutes because it's mostly veterans, and he's still only 19 years old. But he's been scoring and getting some assists and rebounds when he gets in there. Um, he's so a little bit about his game. He's kind of a point forward. He, he kind of reminds me of D- Danilo Gallinari in the way he kind of moves and can play kind of out on the perimeter. He can get inside a little bit, but he can handle and kind of has a little bit of a Luca tendency type vision um, if you want to compare it to somebody else. Not that he's Luca. Luca is unbelievable. Uh, he also shoots 50% from the field and 33% from three, so he's a pretty solid shooter as well. Um, I found that he's pretty crafty around the basket, whether it's off the drive or whether he's backing down smaller defenders and trying to create his own shot. Uh, He's also a very good passer with great vision, whether he's bringing the ball up the court and finding guys open cutting, or he's in the post and passes out. I found that he's a pretty good passer. He's not super athletic though, so he's not going to wow you with his bouncer capabilities to get up above the rim but he's very crafty, which makes up for that. Um, he was also the MVP of the basketball, NBA Basketball Without Borders game. He put on a show and was unbelievable having all these prospects from around the world and NBA scouts there watching him. He was really dominant. Uh, with that, we're going to end MVP talk. I hope you guys enjoyed hearing about Denny Avita. Watch out for him in this upcoming draft. Uh, We got a great, great show for you today. We got NBA conference finals. We're going to talk a little bit about Billy Donovan to the Bulls. Then we're going to hop into an NFL preview where I give my picks. We're going to talk about spreads and lines for all the games. And then we're going to finish up with TV time where we're going to talk about Schitt's Creek. Hope you guys enjoy. Before we get into the NBA Conference Finals, I just wanted to talk about the report that the Chicago Bulls have hired Billy Donovan to be their next head coach. I think this is a great hire for the Bulls. I think Bulls fans all over should rejoice. Um, Billy Donovan just came off a great season with a young Oklahoma City team where he, he and a little bit of Chris Paul as well helped lead them to an improbable playoff run. I think that he gets the best out of his young talent and I think the Bulls have a lot of young talent that they need to get the best out of so I think that's a great pickup for them. Um, I'm not fully sold on the Bulls roster as it's constructed but like I said I think Billy Donovan should be able to get the best out of these guys so I think that it's a great hire for the Bulls and hopefully it pays off. I like Billy Donovan. I think he's did a great job in Oklahoma City, and I think he'll do continue to do a great job in Chicago. So let's move into Game 3 of Lakers and Nuggets. So Denver got up in this game pretty early and then just weathered all the Lakers' comebacks. I mean, the Lakers went on a couple big double-digit runs late in the game to try to get back into it and to try to take the lead and take it away from Denver and go up 3-0. But Denver just wasn't having it. Joker was hitting big shots early to get them up, and then Jamal Murray helped him close. He hit three big threes down the stretch. They like barely touched the net, and they were from deep, deep. So, I mean, Jamal Murray was unbelievable. He was scoring, he was, he was getting to the basket. He really helped close him out. Uh Jeremy Grant had a great game off the bench. He had 26. Murray was also passing well too. He had a he had 28 and 12. Um, so it was a great great run for them. They had a great run at the end, a 10-1 run inside three and a half minutes to just really put it out of reach. I think it was like 101 to 98 and they went on a 10-1 run and that's how they won the game. Uh, For the Lakers though, AD looked pretty solid. He was kind of getting bumped around a little bit. It looked like he kept getting hurt. Um, LeBron was Unstoppable. Once again, they really don't have anybody that can match up with LeBron, especially when he's driving to the basket. But the big pickup for the Lakers in game three was Rondo. Rondo was amazing. He was throwing lobs to Dwight Howard. He was playing great defense and getting steals and getting fast break points and really helped them get back into the game when they needed to. Uh, He wasn't enough to help them win, but All their big runs came when Ronda was playing great. And once again, my man Kyle Kuzma was just terrible. I think Kyle Kuzma is just trying to prove something that he's not. And it's just not working for him. It looks like every time he touches the ball, something goes wrong. So I think that they should try to keep the ball away from Kyle Kuzma. Um, It is now 2-1 lakers in this series um the nuggets got themselves back in it i'm still taking lakers in five i think they're gonna take this loss to heart come back in game four crush them go up 3-1 then come back in game five wanting to close it out and go to the finals and lebron will not let them lose another game to this nuggets team so i'm gonna stick with my call lakers in five nuggets looked really good i'll give them that like i said in the last episode too they're gonna be good for the future. Uh, it may not be this season though. So the Lakers are just tough. So keep an eye on the nuggets for the future, like I've said before, but I'm still gonna stick with Lakers in five. We're gonna cap off NBA conference finals talk with game four of Heat versus Celtics. The Heat got the win in this one to push a series to 3-1. Uh first half was pretty much all heat hero looked good he was the driving force tatum was invisible he had zero points in the first half uh i thought it was a very sloppy first half there was a lot of turnovers on both sides but the real driving force in the first half was hero and he really led the heat in that first half in the third quarter the heat made a nice little run to push their lead and try to and get this series to 3-1 which they ended up doing uh, also in the third quarter, Tatum really came alive. He ended up finishing with 28 after having zero in the first half. Down the stretch, the Celtics really made a push to try to even this series out. And even really late when it looked like it was out of reach, the Celtics were still in it. They hit a couple shots and with fouls and everything in the final minute, they were down by, I think, six or eight and they ended up only losing by three. So they really battled all the way until the buzzer sounded and really gave the Heat a good run for their money. So now that the Heat lead the series 3-1, my prediction of, of Heat in 6 is looking pretty good right now. I think the Heat could close in 5 if the if the Celtics don't come ready to play. But I'm expecting the Celtics to bounce back. They looked a lot better tonight. It's really tough to get a win when Tatum has a bad first half like he did when your best player and your best scorer scored zero points in the first half. It's really hard to get a win, and yet they still almost did it. So I expect Game 5 to go a little differently. I expect Tatum to come out a little bit more energized in the first half, have a better game, and the Celtics push this series to six. um, But I do not think that they will win back-to-back games against this Heat team. I think the Heat are too tough. We'll have to keep an eye out on what's up with Bam. It looked like he may have hurt his wrist or something near the end of that game. So that could be a factor going into games five and six, potentially six. Um, So we'll see what happens in game five. I'm predicting a Celtics win right now, but the Heat are tough and... It was a great game tonight. I'm expecting another great game in Game 5. NFL Week 3 Preview. So I'm going to break down the NFL games this week by talking about the games that are kind of crappy to start, So some of the weaker matchup teams, some of the games that just aren't going to be fun to watch. Bad matchups. Then we'll move into some of the matchups that are pretty good, but they're just not great matchups. Then I'll give you my locks of the week. And then we'll talk about the five matchups that I think are going to be amazing this weekend. Uh, We're going to go over all the spreads and lines and give a little preview for each game. Uh, I'll talk more extensively about some of the more fun games. I'll try to keep some of the games that aren't going to be as fun a little shorter. Um, So I hope you guys enjoy. Wanted to mention real quick before we get into the week three preview that I recorded this podcast on September 23rd, so the lines are subject to change between Wednesday when I recorded and Sunday of the games, so just keep that in mind while you're listening. Let's get started with the Thursday night game. So we've got a battle of Florida, I guess, I guess. Um, so we've got the 0-2 Miami Dolphins at the 1-1 Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, my pick in this game is the Jags. I think that the first two weeks they've shown that they can play and that they can beat good team, beat and compete in good teams. I think the Colts are a good team. Might be biased, whatever. Um, so Minshew's been good. Their offense has been good. They put up a good fight against the Titans and they beat the Colts so I think that the Dolphins are not nearly as good as those two teams so my pick in this one is going to be Jacksonville Um, right now the money line for this game is plus 132 for the Dolphins and minus 156 for the Jags my pick for this game is the Jags so I would take the money line on that The spread right now is plus three for the Dolphins, so once again, I think the Jags are going to win by more than three, so I would take minus three. Next up, we've got a one o'clock game between the 49ers and the Giants. The Niners come into this game one and one, and the Giants are 0-2. This game will be back at MetLife Stadium for the Niners, where last year they got beat up. Um, The Giants got beat up as well last week. So this is probably the most injury-riddled game of the weekend. Um, The Giants lost Saquon, which is huge, and the Niners lost Bosa, Salomon Thomas, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Mozart. So that's going to be tough on them as well. This game probably would have been really fun to watch had both teams stayed healthy. But since both teams are so injured, this is kind of a toss-up. Game for me. Uh, so I'm going to decide to go with the team that was better before the injuries. So I'm going to pick the 49ers in this one. Um, money line for this game is 49ers minus one four, 194 and the Giants plus 162. Uh, the spread on this one is Niners minus four. I'm going to go ahead and say I'm going to take Giants plus four if we're talking about spread. I think it'll be a pretty close game. I would assume it'll come down to a field goal, just sloppy offense and some good defense. So we'll see what happens, but my pick in this one is going to be the 49ers. Panthers-Chargers. Panthers come into this game 0-2, while the Chargers come into this game 1-1. This one will be played in the beautiful new stadium in L.A. My pick for this one is going to be the Chargers. It's looking like Herbert's going to get the start again. I just saw that during the pregame on Sunday, Tyrod Taylor had his lung punctured by the trainer. So that's kind of scary. We'll have to keep an eye to see how long he'll be out for. Uh, I'm also taking the Chargers because Noam McCaffrey for the Panthers is going to be super tough. He's their best player by far. And he's a key part of their offense, so I think their offense will struggle to move the ball without him. And I think that the Chargers looked really good last week. I think that they've got a great defense, and I think that they really showed that they can compete, putting on a great show against the Chiefs. I'm really excited to see what Herbert can do in a second week and a full week of being the starter and prepping and being ready to go rather than just getting tossed in at the last second. The lines for this one is Panthers plus 220 and Chargers minus 270. As I said before, my pick is the Chargers, so I would take the Chargers minus 270. The line on this one is Panthers plus 6.5. It's a little close for me here, but I think that Herbert's going to have a good day and they're going to win by by at least a touchdown, so I would take Chargers minus 6.5. Last game on the crap list is Bengals versus Eagles. Both teams come into this one 0-2. This one's going to be played in Philly. But this is my upset of the week. Depends on if you even think this is an upset, but I'm going to pick the Bengals in this one. I've really been impressed with what Burrow's done, even behind a crappy offensive line. And I think that the Eagles have looked awful through the first two weeks. So I'm going to say that Burrow finally gets his first win in the NFL, and the Bengals take this one. The money line for this one is Bengals plus 194 and Eagles minus 235. So I would take the plus 194, hoping to make a little extra money with them being the underdogs in this one. But I would definitely take the Bengals plus 5.5. I think that they're going to keep it close. Hopefully Burrow can get a win, so you'll get a little extra room there to work with. Um, So I think the Bengals in this one, Locking in with plus five and a half. Start off the meh slate of games with a a game that I was borderline putting in the crap list. We'll kind of see how this one goes, but we'll start with the Washington football team at the Browns. Both of these teams come in at one and one. My pick for this game is the Browns. I thought the Browns offense looked good last week. Baker started off hot, completing a lot of passes. He was connecting with Odell, so that's a good sign. And Chubb was running pretty well. And I just don't think that Washington has the offense to keep up with the Browns this week. Washington's defense has looked good through the first two weeks, so I expect them to give Baker a little bit of trouble. But I expect the Browns to win in this one. The money line right now is plus 265 for Washington and minus 330 for the Browns. I would take the minus 330 for the Browns, and then the spread is plus 7 for Washington. I would take minus 7 for the Browns. I think that they are going to win by more than a touchdown. Next up, we've got Bears versus Falcons. Coming into this game, the Bears are 2-0 and the Falcons are 0-2. This game will be played in Atlanta. My pick for this one is the Falcons. I think after their loss last week to the Cowboys, they're not going to choke away another one. I think their offense looked good, and then they just kind of like choked the whole game away. With that being said, I've really been impressed with what the Bears have done through the first two weeks. I think that their defense is very good and will give the Falcons some fits, but I just can't see Trubisky going three and zero to start the season. I just don't think that he's ready to make that jump and be good enough for them to come out over these pretty good teams. And I think even though the Falcons are 0-2, they're a pretty good team. The money line on this game is Bears plus 166 and Falcons minus 198. I would take the Falcons minus 198, but this is kind of a stay away game for me. I think that this could easily turn into one of the better games of the weekend if The Bears and Falcons both come out playing good offense. It it could be fun. Um, The spread on this is plus three and a half for the Bears, which I would take the plus three and a half for the Bears. Even though I'm picking the Falcons uh, in this game, I do think that the Bears will keep it within a field goal and that the Falcons will have to make some sort of play at the end or something to try to win this game. But the Bears could come out on top and it would be nice to have those extra three and a half points if they have to cut it close behind Trubisky. So I'm picking the Falcons, but expect the Bears to keep it close and play a good game. We've got Lions and Cardinals coming into this game. The Lions are 0 and 2, and the Cardinals are 2 and 0. This game is going to be played in Arizona. My pick for this game is the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals look good to open the first the first two weeks of the season. Kyler looks like he's much improved from year two and Deshaun Hopkins has become a key target for him and that's going to be big for them this year and into the future. The lines on this is Lions plus 215 and Cardinals minus 260. I would take the Cardinals minus 260. That's my pick for the winner in this game. The spread on this game is Lions plus five and a half. So I'm going to take the Cardinals minus five and a half. I think that they'll beat the Lions by at least a touchdown, so they should be able to cover the 5.5 spread. Texans-Steelers. This one will be played in Pittsburgh. Coming into this game, the Texans are 0-2, and the Steelers are 2-0. My pick for this one is the Steelers. I think that they've just looked solid to open the season through the first two weeks. I think that Big Ben has given them enough on offense, and James Conner looked pretty good last week. And then their defense is just solid. They've just got a lot of good guys, and I think that they'll be able to slow down and stop Deshaun Watson. That being said, you never know. Deshaun Watson is a magician. He loves pulling tricks out of his bag, and he could get a win for the Texans in this and just carry them and do everything and lead them to a victory. The money line on this is Texans plus 168 and the Steelers minus 200. I'm going to take the Steelers minus 200, Keep an eye on that Texans plus 168. I think that this could be one of the upsets this weekend. Uh, the spread for this is Steelers minus four. I'm going to take Steelers minus four. I think that they're going to be too much for the Texans to handle, and they're going to win by more than four points. So I would take Steelers minus four. The last game on our list of games that are just going to be okay or to watch out for this weekend is going to be Titans versus Vikings. This one's going to be played in Minnesota. The Titans come into this game 2-0, while the Vikings are 0-2. My pick in this game is going to be the Titans. I thought that the Vikings looked awful last week against the Colts, and the D couldn't stop anybody, even though the Colts were trying to give them the game. The Titans should take this one pretty easily, in my opinion. I thought that they held on to the Jags last week and looked pretty solid in Week 1 as well. The money line for this one is Titans minus 142 and Vikings plus 120. I would take the Titans minus 142 here. I think that they're going to take this one pretty easily straight up. When it comes to the spread, right now it is Titans minus 2.5, which I would take that as well. I think that they will win by at least a field goal, if not more. So Titans minus 2.5 and Titans straight up are my picks there. Let's move on to my first of two locks of the week. My first lock of the week comes in the Bucks broncos game. This one we played in Denver. The Bucks come in at 1-1, and and the Broncos come in at 0-2. My lock for this one is the Bucs. I thought Brady and the offense looked pretty solid last week, getting Evans involved, and he had a pretty solid day all around throwing for Brady and the offense. Panthers weren't very good but I think that the Broncos' defense is hurting and the Broncos as a whole are hurting. The Broncos will be out without Locke or Sutton. They did just sign Blake Bortles, so maybe he'll get the start. We'll see. It looks like it's going to be Jeff Driscoll for now, and Bortles will probably take over later on if Locke is out long term, which I'm assuming he will be. Brady and the Bucks here are just going to be too much for the Broncos to handle. They're going to be scoring just like they were last week, and the Broncos offense is just not going to have the firepower capable to keep up with what the Bucks have and with Arian's offense. The money line on this is Bucks minus 270 and Broncos plus 220. I'm obviously taking Bucks minus 270 here. That is my lock. I'm also taking Bucks minus six here as a lock as well. I think that they are going to win by at least a touchdown, if not more. I think that their offense is going to be clicking once again, and the Broncos are just not going to be able to keep up with all the scoring that their offense is doing. So look out for the Bucs straight up and Bucks minus six. My other lock of the week comes from Indianapolis, where the 0-2 Jets will be taking on the 1-1 Colts. My lock for this one is the Colts. I think the Jets have looked awful through the first two weeks. Adam Gase can't figure it out. They've got no Le'Veon Bell. I just think that they're an atrocious team, and they're headed for a high pick in this year's draft and another bad season and a disappointment for Jets fans. I think that the Colts will win this one pretty easily. Like I said last episode, I'm still hesitant on Phillip Rivers, so we'll see how he comes out and performs against a pretty bad Jets team. If he struggles again, I don't know if I can stay on board with this. I mean, we've got a good quarterback in Jacoby Brissett on the bench. So if Rivers is not getting it done for us on the field, then we've got to make a change and we've got to go to Jacoby Brissett. I mean, it's hard to complain coming out of a win, but it wasn't a very good win. And hopefully this week we look better and Phillip can clean it up and we can just blow out the Jets and look like, team that we're supposed to um so I'm gonna take the Colts hoping that that does happen the money line in this is Jets plus 385 and the Colts minus 500 I'm taking the Colts minus 500 if you want to take them straight up in this I don't think the Jets stand a chance the spread in this game is Colts minus 10 and a half this is what kind of got me I was hesitant to make this pick but I'm gonna take the Colts minus 10 and a half I think that we looked good against Minnesota last week and I think that they'll continue to look good. Hopefully Jonathan Taylor can continue to get a lot of carries and push us forward with a lot of yards, especially when we're missing Mac for this entire year, we're going to really need him. So I'm going to take Colts minus 10 and a half hoping that they can come out and just beat the crap out of this really bad Jets team at home. We've got five games left on the NFL slate. These are the five I think are going to be the most exciting this weekend. So let's kick it off with the first one. First one I think is going to be most exciting this weekend is Pats versus Raiders. This one's going to be played in New England. Coming into this game, the Pats are 1-1 and the Raiders are 2-0. My pick for this one is the Pats. I think that the Raiders have looked good early, especially last week at getting the win against the Saints. I think that their run game was great. Carr had a great game. They got Darren Waller involved, and he was great as well. So I think the Raiders are good, but I think the Patriots have shown through the first two weeks that they're still a force to be reckoned with. This offense under Cam is multi-dimensional. He's shown that he can run and power run and as well as throw the ball short and medium. So I think the Pats are going to come out on top in this one. I think it'll be a pretty close game. I think both teams are pretty good, and it'll be pretty competitive. The money line in this is Pats minus 225 and Raiders plus 210. I'm going to take the Pats minus 25, sorry, 255, not 225. I'm going to take the Pats minus 255, but keep an eye on that Raiders line. If you're looking for a good upset pick, I think that the Raiders are prime to upset the Pats and give them a the second loss. Uh, I just think that the Pats are going to bounce back and get a win after the loss to the Seahawks. The spread on this is Pats minus six and a half. I'm going to take Raiders plus six and a half here. I think that it'll be a close game. Just like last week where the Pats had a chance to win with a touchdown down by a couple of points. It's going to be a similar situation where it's going to be a field goal or less than a touchdown. That's going to decide the game. So I would take Raiders plus six and a half. Continuing the countdown of my five most exciting games of the weekend, coming in at number four, we've got Rams versus Bills. This game will be in Buffalo where both teams come in at two and oh, my pick for this one is the Bills. Uh, I've really liked what I've seen from Josh Allen and the Bills so far. I think that their offense has been unreal. Josh Allen is throwing all over the field. I think he's had 400 yards in both week one and week two. So look for that to continue. He's got new targets. He's got more targets. I think he's going to throw for another big game. Look for 300 plus. On the other hand, I think the Rams defense can could slow them down. So this could easily flip to be a Rams win as well. I think that their defense with Ramsey will hopefully slow down Diggs and some of their other receivers, and Donald will be able to pass rush and get after Josh Allen a little bit. So maybe that will slow down the Bills passing attack, but I just think that the Bills have been impressive for the first two weeks, so I'm going to take them. The money line on this is Rams plus 112 and Bills minus 132. I'm going to take Bills minus 132 because I think that Josh Allen will help them get the win. If you're looking for another upset pick, I think that the Rams are a good pick here. I think that Goff has looked good through the first two weeks. Their defense has some strong pieces and that they could easily win this game. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be close. The spread on this is Rams plus two. I'm going to take the Bills minus two. I think that they'll win by at least a field goal. So that should cover the minus two spread there. So Bills minus two here. Coming in at number three, we've got Cowboys versus Seahawks. This game will be played in Seattle. The Cowboys come in at 1-1, and the Seahawks come in at 2-0. My pick for this one is the Seahawks, and all I really have to say is let Russ cook. If if they let Russ cook, they'll easily be 3-0. I think Dallas is good. They looked good last week. Dak really led that comeback and got them the win and Zeke should be tough once again, as always. But I think when Russ is cooking like he was last week, the Seahawks are going to be too much for the the Cowboys to handle. If Russ is playing like this, he's looking like he could be MVP of the league. He's looking like he's better than ever. His passes on those deep rainbows are just so beautiful to watch. So I am definitely going to be tuned into this game just for Russell Wilson. The money line on this is Cowboys plus 198, Seahawks minus 240. I'm going to take Seahawks minus 240. I think Russ is going to be cooking again, and they're going to get the win. Once again, if you're into these kind of close matchups and want to have some upset bets on there, Cowboys plus plus 198 is a pretty solid bet there. They're a pretty good team. I just don't think that they're going to be able to beat the Seahawks spread on this is Seahawks minus four and a half. Um, I'm honestly going to take the Cowboys plus four and a half here. I think that a field goal will decide this game. I think that these teams are pretty evenly matched and that it will be pretty close and it will be decided by a field goal or less. So plus four and a half for the Cowboys is a good take there. Coming in at number two on my games to watch this weekend is the Sunday night football matchup between the Packers and the Saints. This one will be in New Orleans. The Packers are coming in at 2-0, and the Saints are coming in at 1-1. My pick in this game is the Packers. I think Rodgers and the offense have looked great through the first two weeks. They're scoring points at ease. They're putting up 40-plus a game, so I expect that to continue. I thought that the Saints' pass defense – let Darren Waller slip through the cracks. So look for those tight ends on the Saints and and Kamara to kind of slip out into the flats and get some short catches and pick up some yardage that way. I think that the Saints could win this game pretty easily as well. I think if Breeze and Kamara are clicking and their defense can make a couple stops and slow down the Packers' offense, that they could win. But I'm picking the Packers. I'm going with Aaron Rodgers. Um, I'm excited for this Sunday night football game. It could be the last matchup we see between Breeze and Rodgers. So I'm definitely going to be watching and watching those two guys. The money line on this is Packers plus 142 and Saints minus 168. So I'm going to take the Packers at plus 142 because I think they're going to get the win and get the little underdog bump there. Um, I am also going to take the spread for the Packers, which is plus three and a half. This is all. This is a betting stay away game, though. When I say I'm making, I'm taking the Packers plus three and a half. That's just my pick for this game. But this is one that I'm going to stay away from. I think that it's too close to call. But my pick would be the Packers for both the money line and the spread. Coming in as my game of the week is the Monday night football game between the Chiefs and the Ravens. This game will be in Baltimore, where both teams come in at two and zero. My pick for this one is going to be the Ravens. I think that the Chiefs struggled versus the Chargers last week, and the Ravens' D is much better than the Chargers' defense, and their offense is way more multidimensional and way better than the Chargers under Lamar Jackson. So I think at home the Ravens will get the win. I think it'll be a close one, but I think Lamar Jackson and the Ravens' defense is going to be too much for Mahomes and the Chiefs, but expect Mahomes to hang around and make it a good game late and maybe even have a chance to win. But I think that the Ravens defense and and Lamar Jackson will get the win at home this week. The money line on this is Chiefs plus 168 and Ravens minus 200. I'm taking Ravens minus 200, but, I mean, the Chiefs are the defending champs. They're the big dogs. If you're feeling like a Mahomes big day after kind of slow day last week, then 168 is pretty good odds. You're probably not going to get the Chiefs as an underdog very often this year. This might be the only time. So if you're looking to bet on the Chiefs as an underdog, go for it. This will probably be your only opportunity this year. The spread on this is Ravens minus 3.5. So I'm going to take the Chiefs plus 3.5 here. I think that they'll keep it close, just like last week with the Chargers. They will fight and claw to make sure that they have a chance to win at the end. So I think that it will be a field goal differential, if not less. So Chiefs plus three and a half, but Ravens straight up. Should be a fun week three of football. It's going to be tough on the betters. I think there's a lot of tight matchups and a lot of games that could go either way. So be careful with some of the picks that I've made. Um, Hope you guys enjoyed what I had to say about week three. And we'll move on to TV time. On this episode of TV time, I would like to take the time to talk about one of my favorite comedy series, Schitt's Creek. So Schitt's Creek is about a family, a rich family in New York that owns a chain of video stores, kind of like Blockbuster or like Family Video. And obviously all those went out of business, so they lost all their money and they had to move to this podunk town. They had to move to this podunk town because they realized that they jokingly bought the town for the son, David Rose, is birthday. So that's the only reason why they ended up in this town. But it is hilarious watching these rich people in this town in the middle of nowhere. They're just out of place and they have to interact with all these people that they usually wouldn't. And the interactions are hilarious. The characters are amazing. The writing is great. It has great storylines. It's just a great all-around show. And to top that all off, they just capped their final season. And at the 2020 Emmys, they pretty much swept every comedy series category. Um, so they won most outstanding lead in a comedy series for both actor and actress. Eugene Levy being Johnny Rose, he won for actor. And Katherine O'Hara, Moira Rose, won as actress. They won most outstanding supporting actress, the daughter, Alexis Rose, Annie Murphy, They also won Outstanding Supporting Actor, Eugene Levy's son, Daniel Levy, who plays David Rose on the show. They also won Most Outstanding Series. David Levy also won Most Outstanding Comedy Series Writing. They won Outstanding Cast Comedy Series. They won Outstanding Contemporary Costumes for a Comedy Series. And they won Outstanding Directing for a Comedy Series, as well as being nominated for six more Emmys. On top of that, Daniel Levy made history as being the only person to win an Emmy as an actor, writer, and director. There was only one other person to do that, and they did it over the course of multiple seasons of one show, whereas he did it all in one night. This show is amazing, and the awards just cap off what a great show this was in general. I highly suggest it. I believe you can find it on Netflix. I haven't looked into it lately, but I'm pretty sure that's where you can find it. Definitely check it out. You will be laughing out loud. It doesn't take a lot of effort to watch the show. It's just a light comedy and it's great all around. Great writing, great directing and great actors. The actors are hilarious and the characters are hilariously funny. So take it take it take a look at Shits Creek. Check it out. I believe it's on Netflix. It is well worth your time. That's going to wrap the show today. I'd like to give a special thanks to my brother, Brant, for hooking it up with the mic. I hope you guys enjoyed our conference finals talk, NFL Week 3 preview, and definitely go check out Shit's Creek. Enjoy today, guys. Peace.